Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. Big news, Joe Walsh decided to suspend his campaign. Just kidding, that's not big news. We talked a lot about Pete Buttigieg and his current status in the debates and his polling numbers, and we get to a new shocking poll number on Democrats. Okay, so let's actually, let's switch things up and start with Pete Buttigieg. So, it just came in, uh, just a day or two ago, that 100% of the results are in from the Iowa caucuses, and drumroll please, Pete Buttigieg won by a very small amount. Here's what CNN has to say. So they say, quote, Pete Buttigieg holds a slim lead over Bernie Sanders in the Iowa caucuses with the Iowa Democratic Party announcing on Thursday night that 100% of presidents are reporting. The former South Bend, Indiana mayor leads the Vermont senator by one-tenth of one percent percentage point in the all-important state delegate equivalent count. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, former Vice President Joe Biden, and Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar are trailing behind Buttigieg and Sanders. The Democratic candidates have until 1 p.m. Eastern Time CT on Friday to file a request for a re-canvas or a recount. If there is no challenges by that time, CNN plans to report a winner. Quote, that's fantastic news, Buttigieg said during the CNN town hall on Thursday. First of all, I want to say, Senator Sanders clearly had a great night too, and I congratulate him and his supporters. Okay, so I have to be honest with you guys. I was not expecting Pete Buttigieg to win Iowa at all. Like, really, at all. Now, not to say that he wasn't important in Iowa, he was still in third place, but he was still actually trailing Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Now, we all knew that Bernie Sanders was going to do well, but even some of the more recent polls suggested that he was going to do a lot better than than lots of the other candidates, and then some of the polls just before the caucuses started, just before that, that app crash and all the difficulty surrounding there... Uh, had Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders almost tied. So this is not only surprising on the fact that Pete Buttigieg did so well, but it's actually kind of funny that Joe Biden did so terribly. I mean, Joe Biden really needs these early states. I mean, he's already got good polling number in South Carolina. Iowa was one of the states where he was doing pretty well in, and he needed this to boost his support. As I've said on the show many times, and as many Joe Biden supporters have said, that Joe Biden lacks enthusiasm. So the fact that he placed fourth behind Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg is really shocking, actually. Not looking good for him at all. Now, before we get into Biden and Elizabeth Warren a little more, Let's just talk about Pete Buttigieg for a second, or as lots of people like to call Mayor Pete. I mean, let's be honest. How did he get in this race in the first place? I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's not uh, a, a well-known candidate, but we have to point out that he is mayor, not not governor, not senator, not representative. He's mayor from a small town, South Bend, Indiana, that has a hundred thousand people residing in his city guess how many votes he won by well not how many votes he won by how many votes he got to become mayor Ten thousand. 
that's 10% of of uh of South Bend voted for him. 10,000 votes, that is that is not very many at all. Really at all. You need millions of votes to win the presidency. And I'm not necessarily saying that Pete Buttigieg cannot do this. I, what I am saying is, though, he won in a town where no one really came out to vote. I mean, if he won and he only had 10,000 votes, that means the other candidate had to have less than 10,000 votes, which means that not even 20% of his city came out to vote. Now, if all 100,000 people came out to vote, still, I mean, you used to have Bill de Blasio in the race, who was mayor of New York City, which is a lot bigger. That would be a little more impressive than winning by by hardly any votes like 10,000 that that is hardly any votes so I am I'm kind of questioning why Pete Buttigieg is doing so well considering that he doesn't have very much experience for example Joe Biden used to be the vice president now I do not like Joe Biden lots I disagree with lots of what he has to say he, he's not a moderate but he is the more moderate candidate on the stage but I, I still disagree strongly with a lot of the stuff he says. But I, that doesn't take away the fact that he was the vice president of the United States. I mean, who would you rather run the country? A former vice president or a mayor of a small town who won by 10,000 votes? I mean, he didn't. Pete Buttigieg didn't even have a lot of support in his own town. So the fact that he's actually doing this well is really surprising, especially with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, I mean... Pete Buttigieg did say, congratulations, Bernie Sanders, you had a great night. But let's be honest, all the attention goes to the candidate that actually won the caucus. Not not second place finisher, not third place finisher. I mean, you probably got a lot of press coverage on Joe Biden because he did terribly. But all that good press coverage only really comes from the person, the candidate who took first place. So Bernie Sanders really has to be feeling bad right now. He ran in 2016. He got the name recognition. He's got some enthusiastic supporters and voters, and he couldn't take out a mayor of a small town. He's got to be feeling bad right now. But that does not change the fact that the New Hampshire caucuses are coming up and South Carolina uh, not South Carolina, uh, and P uh, Bernie Sanders is actually doing really well in New Hampshire right now. We'll get to to his current polling numbers on that, but even after Iowa, Pete Buttigieg is even starting to catch up in New Hampshire, which could really be bad for Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire last time after Hillary Clinton took Iowa, so it could still happen again, and especially after this whole app crash, you know, this very anticlimactic situation, Bernie Sanders can still get back up on his feet and stay in. I mean, he was, he was still a second-place finisher in Iowa, so we know he's going to continue to stay in and be one of the last candidates left on the stage. The question is just whether he will actually be able to win the nomination if he wins the nomination, people know he's not going to beat Trump. I played an ad on the show just a couple episodes ago. Lots of people are very concerned if he goes up against Donald Trump that he will lose big time because Bernie Sanders is very progressive and lots of people like the way the economy is going. So though this will be a tough race for Bernie Sanders, but it's looking better and better for Pete Buttigieg every minute. We'll get to in just a second 
His his current polling numbers in New Hampshire, which actually have been boosted up by very high percentage points just after he took Iowa. So looking very good for Pete Buttigieg, some very strong numbers from him. Obviously, the debate is tonight, so we'll be looking forward to that, uh, watching that on Monday. We'll have a full episode dedicated to what happened on the debate stage, who it looked best for moving into New Hampshire, and the polls. But so far, so good for Pete Buttigieg. I mean, taking Iowa, starting from a, a campaign with not very much recognition, I don't like Pete Buttigieg, but good for him. So now, before we move on, let's get to some of the other candidates and what this means after not being able to take Iowa. So we've already talked a little bit about Joe Biden. The big problem for Pete Buttigieg is he does not have a lot of black voter support. And that's something Joe Biden actually has a lot of. So Joe Biden, my prediction is even if he loses, I mean, he already lost Iowa. And even if he loses New Hampshire, which he will most likely, he's still got a shot at South Carolina. He's looking very good in South Carolina. Now, Tom Steyer does have some support in South Carolina that could threaten Joe Biden, but Joe Biden will most likely win, at least at this point, South Carolina. So my guess is Joe Biden will at least stay in until the results of South Carolina come out. Now, if Joe Biden loses South Carolina, my prediction is is he will suspend his campaign. He will no longer be running for president because that's really the hope he has to run on right now. If he does win South Carolina, which is still, again, looking very likely, he will most likely stay in as long as he can. As as I've already said, he has a lot of of good support with the black voters, which is really going to help him in some of these southern states, which could help him take down Pete Buttigieg, who really does not have a lot of black support. So uh, we'll all be interested to see what happens there. Not good for Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden didn't have to win Iowa. He's already got the name recognition. He's the former vice president. People know who he is. Lots of people can trust him. But the things he lacks are lack of enthusiasm. And again, he didn't have to get first. He just had to get up there to show voters and candidates that he's a he's seriously running for president, that people are consi- seriously considering him as president. But this whole impeachment thing is really hurting him. So interested to see what ha- will happen with Joe Biden if he was even able to take second place, maybe second or third at least it wouldn't look as embarrassing for him. But this is just an embarrassing moment for Joe Biden. I will play it next time on the show, a clip of him talking about Iowa. He really needs to start doing better. We'll see that at the debate tonight, whether he shows more energy or enthusiasm. We'll get that to that in the next episode on Monday when we covered the debate, but this will be a very important debate for Joe Biden because he's got to start showing some stronger polling numbers in some of these early states or like Kamala Harris, like Cory Booker, like Julian Castro, he's going to be out in no time. And then Elizabeth Warren also had a pretty bad night. Now, she... She wasn't doing very well in Iowa in the first place. Not very many people thought she was actually going to win. She still did better than Joe Biden, but not a strong finish for Elizabeth Warren either. Just last year, 2019, she was actually doing pretty good. She was kind of like the Bernie Sanders 
trying to compete with Joe Biden up there in the national polls, which, by the way, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are still up there in the polls. So we'll see about that. But since then, she's really just fallen, which is not looking good for her at all. Like, really at all. And if she keeps falling and stumbling and going down into the polls and not being able to compete with others on the debate stage and keeps doing poorly in some of these early states, I think this will be the end of Elizabeth Warren as well. So just to recap on what we've talked about, Joe Biden got fourth place in Iowa. He will at least stay in till South Carolina. I'm for sure of that. If he loses South Carolina, it's over for him. If he can do that, He's going to see if he can keep going in the South. That will be a strong point against Buttigieg, but it's really looking poorly for Biden. And with this whole impeachment thing, you know, some representatives or senators are announcing investigations into his son Hunter Biden. That could further hurt his campaign. It's it's really it's really tie game between Biden, Sanders, and Buttigieg at this point. I'll be interested to see what happens. And then Warren. She'll probably try to stay in as long as possible, but her polling numbers continue to decrease. She's not doing well in some of these early states. She doesn't have very much competition in New Hampshire. She lost Iowa pretty bad. Biden's doing pretty well in South Carolina. Sanders is competitive in Nevada. There's really no room for Warren anymore, which we'll we'll likely see. You know, she's still a popular candidate. She's still one of the main candidates, but she doesn't have the support she needs from the states over some of the other candidates. So we'll most likely see her staying in as long as she can in the race, but she won't be going anywhere unless something dramatically changes, which actually happened for Pete Buttigieg. He needs to keep the momentum going into New Hampshire. He, he really does. With this whole app crash thing, I mean, he's still gaining polling numbers, which we'll talk to, talk about in a second. But he really needs to keep this going if he wants to show voter, voters that he should be the nominee. Now, you can win Iowa and not win the nomination. Ted Cruz won Iowa in 2016 and did not win the nomination. Buttigieg is going to be a key player, but if some of these other candidates, just like w- with what happened with Ted Cruz, if some of the other candidates can steal some of the states he's not doing as well in, like for example, if Bernie Sanders were to take New Hampshire, Biden were to take South Carolina, and Bernie were to take Nevada, there isn't much room for Buttigieg either. But if he can continue that momentum into New Hampshire, it can start to look really good for him as we've already seen his polling numbers go up. So that leads us into our next story. Uh, Obviously, Buttigieg really needs to do well in New Hampshire. And that will, not fully, but that will have a big effect on what happens tonight in the Democratic debate. Again, we'll be getting to all that info, one of my favorite types of episodes, reviewing what happened at the debate on Monday. But Pete Buttigieg will have to have a strong performance at the debate if he wants to keep this momentum going into New Hampshire. Now, as I've already stated, he's very competitive with Senator Bernie Sanders, so we'll see how that goes. This is going to be one of the most important states on the campaign trail for both Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. As long as there's not an app crash and a big failure of vote counting, whoever wins this will benefit 
great amount. <laughs> so, so here's what the Daily Wire has to say. So they say, as Mayor Pete Buttigieg surges in both Iowa and now New Hampshire, putting him neck and neck with Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, the remaining candidates will most likely gang up in a tag team effort to sink him at tonight's debate. Quote, after his better-than-expected showing in the Iowa caucuses, Pete Buttigieg is likely to attract the spotlight, an incoming fire from rivals, as Democratic presidential contenders debate on Friday in New Hampshire just days before the state's pivotal primary, reports Reuters. As, re- as reported by the Daily Wire's Frank Camp, Buttigieg saw a massive spike in New Hampshire polling numbers following his still-inclusive inconclusive win in the Iowa caucuses, putting him in a tie with Bernie Sanders, who won the state in 2016 and who's expected to win the state next Tuesday. On Thursday evening, the latest WBZ Boston Globe Suffolk University daily tracking poll for the state of the New Hampshire shows support for 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg rapidly rising with a 4% increase in just one day. The poll, which is two-day rolling sample of 500 likely New Hampshire Democratic primary voters with with a 4.4% margin of error, had surveyors read out a list featuring the Democratic candidates for president, then asked who responded, who would you vote for or lean towards at this point? Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, leads with 24% support, but Buttigieg comes in very close second with 23%. Senator Elizabeth Warren ranks third with 13%, and former Vice President Joe Biden lands in fourth with 11. 11% of respondents were still, quote-unquote, undecided. So as I've already said before, this is going to be a very important debate for Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. I'll be interested to see what happens with this. I I have to agree with the Daily Wire. We'll likely see many of the candidates team up on on Mayor Pete Buttigieg just because he's been doing so well and he'll need to continue that into New Hampshire. Really, lots of the other candidates have to win the state at this point if they want to stay in. So we'll likely see other candidates try to attack him to try to gain support for themselves and take away from Pete Buttigieg. So all that will be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know what will happen at this point, but it'll be very interesting, and we'll get to all of that on Monday. Okay, so now that now that we're done with Pete Buttigieg and the Democratic debates, all of that stuff, let's get into some interesting polling data that the University of Massachusetts at Lowell found out. So, I, like, literally, what I'm about to read is insane. It's insane. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Here. The Week reports, quote, According to a poll from the University of Massachusetts at Lowell, 64% of Democratic voters would rather see, quote, a giant meteor strike the earth, extinguishing all human life, than President Trump re-elected. The poll conducted January 28th through 31st also shows that half of independent voters would say the same extreme thing. What? Actually, what? This is insane. Sixty-four percent of Democratic voters—that's more than half of Democratic voters—would rather see a giant meteor strike the Earth. Not only that, but extinguishing all human life. 
what? I am, I am honestly extremely confused at what is happening to the Democratic Party. I mean, I like Trump. I didn't like Obama. But would I want everyone in the world to die than to see Obama reelected? Of course not. To, to suggest that all people should die by a giant meter and just human life should be wiped out? Like, what do you think Trump is going to do that is so dangerous and so bad? Now, there's a lot of talk about Trump's going to start World War III and there's going to be nuclear weapons, we're going to have a nuclear war. Well, there's a better chance of surviving nuclear war than a giant meteor that kills everyone. (laughs) Like, the worst possible thing that could happen is everyone dies within the next four years. And that is extremely... That's not even that. It's not even possible. The fact that they can't accept per- this is why the left is so mad. If they genuinely think this, I I just I don't understand why these polls are so high for this. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what has Trump done that's so bad? Is it the fact that woman unemployment rate has been the lowest it has ever been in seventy years? Is that terrible? Because I don't think so. Is it because the low the unemployment rate has been the lowest it has been ever? Because that doesn't sound bad either. Is it because more and more people are getting off welfare and can support themselves? Because that sounds like a good thing too. Trump has done so much good. He's reestablished deterrence in the Middle East. He's done so much for the economy. I cannot possibly think of something that President Trump could do in the next four years if re-elected that would be worse or even close to extinguishing all human life on Earth. This is just insane. What is happening to the United States politics today? It honestly does not make any sense at all. So interesting statistics and polling data from the University of Massachusetts at Lau. Very interesting, I have to say. I would not expect that at all. But, hey, that's just, uh, I guess. All right. And then we get to the last big news story of the day. Just kidding, it's not actually that big. Joe Walsh suspended his campaign. Now, you may be wondering, who is Joe Walsh? Well, he is actually a Republican contender for the presidency. Now, before we begin, I'd just like to say, because Trump actually has a couple of challengers, Joe Walsh, you know, just suspending his campaign, I don't think it's very respectful to the party to to run against your own party in the general election or in the primary election. Donald Trump crushed everyone else in the Iowa caucuses just because no one knows who, who any of these people are. But when you decide to run against your own party in the primary election after your party has just won the last election, it actually hurts the party a lot. So I'll give an example. So Ross Perot ran as an independent after losing, you know, George H.W. Bush was president for four years, and then he was going to run again, and Ross Perot ran as an independent. Now, I'm I'm not going to talk about who Ross Perot was or their character, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. 
But one of the big reasons why George H.W. Bush lost was because you have two Republicans running for president and one Democrat. Or, you know, you still got the Green Party. But mainly you got two Republicans in this case and one Democrat. Now all the Democrats, or at least most of them, are going to vote for the Democrat. With the Republicans, however, because there's two choices, the vote is going to be split on who they think is going to be the better president. So what actually happens is, even if you have more votes for the Republicans, because it's split, the votes end up actually the votes actually end up going to the Democrat in this case with Ross Perot and George H. W. Bush, which led for George H. W. Bush to lose the election and Bill Clinton to win. Now, so why wouldn't this happen again? Of course this would happen again. When you decide to run against Donald Trump, you know that this is going to hurt the Republican Party and the GOP, or well, same thing, <laughs> my bad, a lot. It, it, it really is. Now, in this case, it didn't actually happen to be that bad because no one knew who these people were. But in cases where these candidates gained a lot more steam, that could actually really hurt the Republican Party and cause Donald Trump to lose in 2020. Now, Donald Trump keeps doing better and better in some of the latest polls. He actually has the highest approval rate yet from the nation, which is 49%, which is the highest it mainly gets for really any president because you've got the independents in the middle. And he has the highest approval ratings in his party. But you split that up and you could see a Democrat in office in 2020, which, as we talk about on the show a lot, you do not want to see that happen. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they all have extreme policies, which we won't get into in this episode. We'll probably focus more on that when we actually get into the general election. But it would be very bad to elect a Democrat in 2020. Trump is doing so much for the economy right now. He's really draining the swamp. If a Democrat were to beat him, which is looking more and more unlikely, that would be bad news for our nation. And running against President Trump is going to do nothing but hurt the Republican Party. So, Joe Walsh suspended his campaign. Not very big news, but still happened. Again, I think it's very disrespectful to the party. It hurts the party when you do that. I don't think you should be doing anything like that that would hurt Republican chances in 2020. But that did happen. So today we covered Pete Buttigieg, his debate status, and his polling status. We also talked about Joe Walsh, who tr- suspended his campaign against running um, against running against President Donald Trump. And we also got to a shocking statistic that stated that 64% of Democrats would rather see a giant meteor hit the earth and extinguish all human life than for President Trump to be re- re-elected. My name is James Wilson, and this and this is the James Wilson Show. I'll be back on Monday with all the things you need to know from what happened at the debate tonight, and we'll also see what happens in New Hampshire. Thank you for listening to the James Wilson Show.